Foundation. You are listening to WMNF 88.5 FM. NPR just kind of disappeared from the airwaves. So we are going to play a little music for you, and then we'll figure out. Uh, you're listening to, I'm sorry, it threw us off a little. <laughs> statement from the Nathan B. Stubblefield Foundation Board of Directors. WMNF supports the right to have access to safe and legal abortions. The recent Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade is devastating and harmful to our democracy and strips millions of women, non-binary, and transgender people of their full citizenship and fundamental right to bodily autonomy. Here in Florida, abortions are now illegal after only 15 weeks, making no exception in cases of incest or rape. We share the fear, heartache, and anger many of you feel right now, but this is the time to turn that anger into action. We encourage our listeners to get involved, to register and vote in every upcoming election, and to support the organizations working to protect the family planning and privacy rights of every United States citizen. To join with those organizations, go to WMNF.org forward slash Roe, R-O-E.
the strong And who are the trusted And where is the harmony Sweet harmony Cause each time I feel it slipping away It just makes me wanna cry What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Oh, what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? Well, thanks for tuning in to WMNF 88.5 FM, WMNF Tampa. I'm so glad you're out there. My name is Joellen Schilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the mostest. I'm so excited that you are listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us a text at 813-433-0885 or send us an email, dj at wmnf.org. And if I can say hi to you, Hi. On the air, please put your name in it. How about that? How about them apples? Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking to Melissa Fair and Elizabeth Cooper. There is a really cool art show up at Florida Craft Art called Beyond Words. It's a book art show. And we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about secrets and women and things like that. Um, I don't know if you guys heard that there was a Van Gogh self-portrait discovered over the last little bit that was announced. So that's kind of exciting, always having art news. And um, I guess that's it. Let's get back into some music. We just heard What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. That is from uh, David Broza, and he has two choirs, the East Jerusalem and the West Bank uh, children's choirs singing him with that on that Nick Lowe cover. Uh, so WMNF every month chooses a topic to focus on and the month of July is peace, anti-war, human rights. Uh, so definitely need to talk about that. All right. Well, let's listen to uh, certainly uh, I, I thought I was supposed to DJ Nancy C's show yesterday, uh, but I'll be doing it next week. Not yesterday. I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, so I started coming up with all these songs about revolution since it was the uh, Bastille Day. And uh, I'm not going to play them all, And I, but I don't want to waste this. But this, of course, is the most important revolution song, or one of the most important ones, from Gil Scott Heron. The revolution will not be televised. Be able to stay home, brother. You will not be 
able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the Schaefer Award Theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on report from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still lights of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry R. Women Liberationist and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Keyes, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or The Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. And that was Gil Scott Heron. The revolution will not be televised. Well, uh, in the studio with me, I am delighted, delighted, I tell you, all right, those guys have to stop playing. <laughs> Delighted to have uh, an artist and rep from Florida Craftsman uh, returning to the airways of our friend Melissa Fair. Hello, Melissa. Hello. Whoops. Oh, there we go. That's right. I switched your mics. Say it again, please. Hello. Hello. And then also, thanks for coming in. We have with us also Elizabeth Cooper of Hi. Florida Craft. Hi. Thank you so much for coming Thank in. Thank you for having me, WNMF. <laughs> Where, how did, um, how does, and this is for both of you, how does a book show, having a book art, an art book show, art book or book art? Which way do we go? Book art. Book, book art. art. Book art. Okay. How does having a book art show fit in with the scope of Florida Craft? Well, this was an interesting call to artists. I think the best part about the art, our books as art is that not all of our mediums 
um, this isn't something that the artists typically make are books, but all mm-hmm. of the mediums of fine craft art can be used to make a book. So we really got to see our artists stretch and be really imaginative about the concept yes. of books. Melissa, your book that you made with Emily, is it Hashagan? Hashagan. Hashagan. Uh, is certainly not within the, um, the realm of a regular book. Correct. Of how people perceive books. And dear listeners, if you go to the Art in Your Ear Facebook, page, if you go on Facebook and just search Art in Your Ear, you will see a picture not just of uh, Melissa's work, but you will definitely see her work in, with some close-ups, but also some of the other fantastic books in the show. I couldn't get every single... <laughs> I couldn't take a picture of every single one of them. <laughs> so I just put some of yeah, them in there. 77 pieces. Right. That would be a little yeah, hard. I know. <laughs> so, uh, but it was so interesting because you have sort of the idea of books, and it was really funny. I, I mean, I, I, I've seen it now a couple of times. And when I was looking at it yesterday, I was thinking like these are almost chapters. Um, you have uh, you ha- uh, you describe it. You've got things hanging. Yeah, well, you, you can describe in, it better. In general, I got things hanging. <laughs> so uh, it is a hanging book. And the binding, uh, we just kind of took a loose interpretation and bound by metal chain, each of the pages, which are uh, wood panels. And um, then used encaustic as the base. Encaustic is a process that... Uses pigmented beeswax, (laughs) and it has to be pretty hot and liquefied while you're working with it. So if you're familiar with Dennis Gaston's work and Leslie Newman's work, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, dear listeners, and that is kind of a lot of times... Dennis, not exclusively, but I think um, I think Leslie pretty exclusively mm-hmm. uses encaustic. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting medium because it, it has a lot of possibilities. I mean, you can layer, carve, texture. So we uh, moved images into the wax and then also hand-stamped all of the letters that you saw into the wax and then used uh, oil paint as ink to fill. That so it's a, I can't tell you how many times we touched each of those mm-hmm. pages, if right. you will. How many are there altogether? It's 32 or 33. Three. <laughs> in my mind, I had 47. I just studied it. I know. Well, no, I counted, and then it just, like, I think someone said something to me after I counted, and my brain only takes Oddly one enough, I piece. I think it's an, an even number. It's 32. Right. There we go. All right, we'll go with 32. <laughs> so, so you have them hanging, so it's these images with text on them hanging in rows at different lengths. Overall, mm-hmm. kind of the same, but different lengths. And these are all pictures of women. Yes, it's a group of women. Is it? Are, did you know, do you know all of the women in the pictures? Yeah. So it kind of, I'll just kind of go to the, the beginning and try to give the abbreviated version. But when the call came out, I you know, was like, well, this is, I think, something I can do collaboratively. And I reached out to Emily, do you want to collaborate with me? And she said yes. And that's all we knew at that point. And um, really just started talking while we were sitting at the kitchen table on a different day. Um, had an idea for a book about the f- uh disappearing flora in Florida and that was, seemed pretty high-minded and we spent about 16 hours before I was like, we've got to scrap this when we're not going to have time um, <clears throat> to do this other piece that we talked about. Because um, even sitting and talking, I was like, what if we did something about the things we don't say out loud, right? And there's all that self-talk, all of those things that you kind of say to yourself or think and for whatever reason you don't say them out loud. And um, so I kind of asked her, we've known each other for a long time, very close. We shared some secrets right there that we didn't know about each other. Mm. And I said, well, we have this kind of naturally occurring social group that is somewhat diverse. Let's see if they'd be interested in sharing secrets with us. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't all have to be like, you know, it's definitely not a victim statement, but more kind of like, what are those things that 
you don't talk about. So uh, reached out, they said yes, and then reached out and said, email me. Your so list of this secrets. group was, these are friends. Um, I think you wrote that these are, some are in a dancing, like a, a yeah. dance or movement group. They cross over. Um, it is a mother, a daughter, um, two sisters, a coworker, and then even within that group, um, dance class sisters. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's great. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that there is, when we talk about our secrets, you know, we all, we, hopefully we all have someone in our life that we can bear our souls to. Mm-hmm. But even, and I, in looking at your work and, and reading the artist statement and thinking about it, um, there's secrets that I have not told anyone. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine telling anyone. And we had, as a society, we had uh, created vehicles for people to tell a supposedly neutral party. There's confession mm-hmm. in churches. You know, there's uh, people who do projects of, you know, leave, write your secret. I forget the name of the artist, but I interviewed them several years ago, where people would write their secrets on something and deposit it into a bank, a, oh, wow. a, a bank thing. And then the artist created... Um, Art out of out of secrets. Uh-huh. So what what is it very specifically about the secret that you thought or you wanted to um, to get closer to that you wanted to sort of examine the idea of secrets and within this women and their secrets? Well, it's interesting because the piece didn't start out to be like kind of what it became. Um, it was it was just. Emily and me sitting around talking about what would be cool, right? Mm -hmm. And um, partway through, I was like, I think this is maybe bigger, you know, than than we think it it might be. Um, That was probably about at like hours thirty six, you know. Um, But but for me, it's that whole thing about secrets, um, and we did just kind of talk about this. They're heavy, and there's things that you know. Once you tell that to a person. It's not a gift, uh, you know. It, not at it, all. It can change dynamics um, and power, um, and so like kind of what's a passive way to take control of something. Mm-hmm. And um, my belief from the time that we started talking about it is nobody is going to be alone in anything that they say. There's right. going to be another person that's like, oh my god. Right. Yeah. Unless it's too. like I eat babies and then hopefully yeah. they right. are somewhat I think alone. That's the impact of the piece for me personally is that, like you said, we all do have secrets and we hope we have people to share them with because that in itself gives us such relief. So this uh-huh. piece is so powerful that people can come in, men, women, everyone, but women so often hold things close to their chest mm-hmm. and it can be really weighing on you. But when you see a piece of art like this, it kind of gives you a sense of relief that there's yeah. other people out there doing this and you can share these things. One of the, yeah. uh, one, and it was, and I love this because it was put as a secret and I, I took a close up of it because it just, it's so perfect. And it's a picture of one of, one of the people mm-hmm. in your circle and she's wearing a, she has a head covering on and it says, I am fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is sort of like this global secret mm-hmm. and, and, and certainly it's been attached to women, but it belongs to everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm fine. Don't mm-hmm. worry, I'm fine. You know? Yeah. And yeah. the secret is yeah, so not so fine. Every yeah, woman, it's okay. Yeah, every woman in the piece has an I am fine page. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, they were all going to be at the bottom and we were going to tell the stories really linear. But as things tend to go, you have happy accidents. And when we were drilling holes, 
um, some of the panels would have four, some would have two. And then we completely got lost in drilling and then <laughs> in, in placing the wax and all of those processes and kind of had like an O-blank moment when I was like, <gasps> and I was like, okay, oh, well, now it's just going to go together however it goes together. Right. Right. Did were there some juxtapositions in there that were purposeful? You say go together however it was go together, mm-hmm. or did you just put it together and then sort of look to see what what the juxtapositioning happened? Because there are so many interesting things that are next to each other. And yeah, I wasn't those, sure how purposeful that was. Yeah, those are gonna be happy accidents too, because those were between two artists working forty something hours um or more mm-hmm. on on that piece by the time it came for placement and we realized the holes were wrong. Uh, for I am fine, which ironically, every artist has had a moment. You're like, right? fine, yeah. fine, I'm fine. We'll I'm, just do it. We're gonna be fine. <laughs> Happy accident. Uh, then I actually just we just worked visually, which was light to dark, and, right, yeah. and making sure that the eye could keep moving, just even from a distance. Um, and so, however it worked out. It, it worked out. Right. Yeah. So uh, that's that's really great. I'm, I love hearing the story about that. Dear listeners, um, that's Melissa Fair. Also with us is Elizabeth Cooper uh, from Florida Craft Art. And they have a show right now called Beyond Words. And it's how many artists? 38? No. 38 artists are represented in the exhibit. And there are 77 pieces 77 total. pieces. Yeah. So, um, so the idea of a book, I mean, one of the things that books do accomplish for people or hopefully accomplish for people is that they um, they take you away somewhere else. They introduce you to something you d- would not have access to Absolutely. maybe in any other way. They um, they open up the imagination. I mean, books are, you know, I, I've always been a reader and earlier this year I got yes. a library card and, you know, sorry friends, <laughs> I have a library card. <laughs> I love my library card. Oh my God, it's such a dangerous thing. I'm like, I could be working or I could finish my book. <laughs> <laughs> but so so this having an art book show the books still kind of not are required to accomplish the things that books do but for it to really be an art book show and I I want to mention also I did not mention the um, curator yeah uh, so Cindy is it Barso yeah Bartusek? so it was actually curated by Cindy Bartusek who is a Palm Beach based artist herself and a curator she's mm-hmm. curated for us before so when we had the concept of wanting to accomplish a book show she jumped in with so much excitement and like you said books are thought of just to be something you take home and read and that is true with a lot of our books in there, but not all of them. You know, there's also a lot of craft that goes into bookmaking, different binding techniques. Mm-hmm. So we get to display a lot of the technical aspects to books too. And one of my favorite parts of this exhibit that goes with how we traditionally think about books is it's something we have in our hand and we hold and we experience. And as an art curator myself, it's very big that everyone can touch books in this right. exhibit. I did want, yeah, I did want to mention that. Yes. So there is, there's gloves there so you can go through and, and move things. Um, mm-hmm. There's some things that you have to look at, but there's pieces like Nevern Covington's work. Mm-hmm. Everything's just kind of like laid out there. And there's there's an idea that there's a creature who has, uh, you know, has a, 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 a story on them, has a, a essay on the creature. You know, so the idea of... Mm-hmm of what a book is certainly is Uh fluid, but I think the concept of words and letters and communication does does go through them. Um, I did want to go back to your piece for a minute before we go broaden the conversation. When you and um, Emily were working on this and and collaborating Uh on this, 
as an artist, is is that a common way for you to work? Because I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, I own some of your artwork. Yeah. Uh, you know, so is is was the collaborative process in creating this? I mean, it's a large piece. It's a big piece. Yes. It has a lot of moving parts to it. Yes. Um, so it seemed one that it was kind of outside of what you usually do. Yes. And two, it was a collaboration. Is that common for you to collaborate with other artists? Uh, not visually. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, my previous life as a poet and performer, you know, uh, Liz and I were talking about that. I'm like, I just say yes all the time and go with it. <laughs> I roped her into something already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say yes a lot. Um, and I'm still single somehow. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's not something I've really done before because... Um, it's such an it's such an odd thing if you take apart like how you create art mm-hmm. and um, everybody has a different process. Everybody you know has just kind of like who you are when you're creating art is not the me you know and love necessarily, mm-hmm. right? And it happens at odd times, and so this required a lot more structure and coordination and communication. Yes, and um, flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, there were decisions that had to happen kind of quickly on the spot even though we kind of agreed um, we're going to go with the process, whatever imperfection happens, we're going to take it um, unless it, you know, is overall really not good for the piece. But um, yeah, I liked collaborating and specifically with Emily um, because it was very give and take. We've known each other long enough. There can be a lot of unspoken communication. Mm -hmm. If she's strong in an area, she could take it. If I'm strong, you know, in an area, I would take it. Well, it kind of goes back to the whole idea of secrets and trust because Uh you reached out to people probably, you know, all within your social circle and various uh, levels of friendship, but you reached out to people and said, tell me your secret. I want you to tell me your secret and not like sometimes I skip wearing deodorant, you know, I mean, which is not my secret, people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. A collaboration has that trust aspect. So your piece is so much about trust and then the actual process of it in itself was a trust process. That was was big for me because also like, I'm I'm so thankful that the the deadline got extended because we were running like right up to that deadline. Um, and then You're after welcome. you submit, there's always like, oh, I don't know, somebody's going to take it because you know it's your baby. You don't, you know, you love it, but how is somebody else going to see it? But um, the the whole process of collaboration was interesting. I, I, the people who gave us secrets were collaborating, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't have those other panels you well, know, without them. And I'm wondering too because it's varying lengths. There's five chapters, and they're yeah. kind of varying lengths. Was there a um, was there an idea in how... Well, there was, but it went away. <laughs> um, <laughs> there there was one. Uh, we, we had a real tight structure as um, people who definitely work, both of us, out of both sides of our brain. Like, I love logic, and then I also love mystery. So we had lots of logic at the beginning and what we thought it might look like, and um, that is not how it ended up. Right. <laughs> we just we were like, we're saying yes. So does so. this idea um, and this practice and occasion of collaboration, does that, are you kind of like, yeah, I'll do that again for sure. Or like, yeah. only if I do it with Emily, no one else. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely would. I mean, I can't say like it's a blanket yes, like, you know, <gasps> yeah, but I, I would. Like either uh, for me, the opportunity would be, um, to learn something uh, more about myself or push myself as an artist um, or an opportunity where, um, you know, I can help maybe another artist 
You know, mm-hmm. in this case, Emily had always been wanting to learn encaustic, and I had to be self-taught because even though I see people around town, nobody wanted to give up the goods, and I'm like, right. well, we just gonna learn it, then. right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I'm, I remember when we did an encaustic years and years ago, we did an encaustic workshop at Florida Crafts, and at the time, um, Michelle Tugel uh, lowered the price because she was like, I want everyone to be able to learn how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, it's an expensive uh, medium and um, I like the whole witchy aspect. I make my own encaustic medium. um, So I love doing that. But I was like, oh, you know, not like it's easy, but I'm like, I learned it. You right. can learn it. Right. It's not an easy medium, you know. And, uh, and the idea too, I mean, you were talking about secrets and learning and, and that, but I think that is um, one of the purposes of art is, of course, there's communication for mm-hmm. other people looking at the piece to be able to sort of learn stuff. But yes. if an artist is not putting themselves in yeah. a piece, then does it actually qualify as art or is it just right. decoration? You know, I mean, like right. what, what is it? Um, so what I want to talk a little bit about that. You were asking people to tell secrets. You were yes. asking them to trust you. You're asking them to believe. Now, are the pictures in there correlating with the people who told yeah. you secrets? So I asked for your secret and then we said, we're going to put your face on your secret. On it. Wow. And um, those ladies all were at the opening with the exception of one who was out of state. Mm -hmm. And did you feel that you had to, you you owed them something or you owed them something in the process or that there was a, so what what did you? Yeah, so interestingly enough, like the the emails came in in different ways. Like some people just had a couple words. Some people had entire stories. And um, so when we got to the step where we were ready to start kind of putting the secrets together, I did have to reformat or figure out how to get things to fit within the space. Mm -hmm. And so there was conversation at that time. Those are how big, like four by? They're like four by seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, would had I had to reach back out and say, you know, is this an accurate way of expressing what you were telling me? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to change it, you know, to suit what I think. Um, so you know, that's a thing that happened for sure. Um, we did the pictures with the idea of selfies in mind, but without any of that you know, selfie goodness Mm -hmm. and um, no filters, right? Right. right. We did intentionally harsh lights. That's why I was like, oh my goodness, my face is turning into a cabbage patch. (laughs) Oh my goodness, there's all kinds of stuff happening. But, um, you know, it was just a go with it. They're not glamour shots. There's uh, so many um, emotional pieces in this show. And of course, I think the show was mounted before the Supreme Court decision uh, calling down Roe, so you can know. I tell you something? Yes. I don't want to interrupt you, but I have to tell you this. I don't know how we made this piece in a bubble. Right. That two days after it was completed, Lori Ballard came and did the photographs for me. And then all of that started coming out. And right. I had like such a handmaid's tale kind of moment where I'm right. like, this I'm putting like mm. evidence on the wall. Exactly, because oh, wow. there is. I mean, there's I abort I think I abort there's it said. Three. You know, and it was there and it just kind of struck me because um, so many women have kept their abortions yes. as a secret, you know, and yes. and and that maybe is now there's a lot of questioning about that. Like, is it healthy to keep that as a uh-huh. secret? Because 
it's so much more common than anybody realizes, yes. and it's a medical procedure that people yes. have. You know, so it's been so interesting to see that, and then seeing the work. So I, again, I saw the work so close to that time, and and it it just extra resonated with me, as does other work in there. There's um, some pieces by um, Rima Day, who oh, are mind blowing. Just some of the most beautiful. Pieces of art, yeah. just so some of the some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Those mm-hmm. are so, and then also just you know a knife in the heart at the same time, like beauty yeah. beauty cuts and beauty and truth cuts, and and that you know I mean there was just so many good pieces in the show. I so. think that's one of the great telltale signs of art isn't, you know, whether or not it matches your couch. It's Thank whether you. it makes you feel a real yes. emotion. And not all emotions are pretty. pretty, right? but they make you feel something. And I think this exhibit definitely exemplifies that, especially with the touch and the tactile aspect to it that we're not used to with art. You really become one with it mm-hmm. and you can go through all of these emotions. Right, mm-hmm. and, and sense it out. Um, there's a lot of very just fun things in the show. Yes. There's uh, one artist that has like, I don't a bunch of books in the show that are like fun objects to flip through. Yes. Uh, there are more sculptural pieces that you're kind of like, okay, let me think about this. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So there is this variety of things, but since most of the artists are women in the show, there's a majority mm-hmm. of women in Absolutely. the in the show, mm-hmm. and um, and again, it's just really hard to sort of operate within the context of. I mean, I had a conversation with a dear, dear, dear friend this past weekend. She's like, I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Like, I no longer feel safe in my own country, mm-hmm. even though like we're both out of the age of when we really right. have to worry too much yeah, about so you know, much anything like that. that but but that lack of like all of a sudden, I am you know, I am second-class citizen and Uh I do not feel safe. And then to walk into this room full of art, the majority art of by women, uh-huh. and to sort of look around and like, well, they made this art when they felt safe, and now all this art right? exists in a world where they're not safe, you know. And it was really kind of like a, um, a very. Yesterday when I was in there, I was like walking around. I'm like, oh my god, the people at work here are going to think I'm a nut because I kept on like going back and going, Whoa, absolutely not. We, we love emotions in our place. I'm so happy that you had that experience. <laughs> the timing of of it was a little serendipitous because if if. It had happened if the piece had been made after some of this happened. I would have purposely avoided, just because I I wouldn't have I wouldn't I don't really want to create like timely work. I right. want to create personal work. So, um, but if you think about that, personal you know, work is timely. Like if that yeah. is something if you if you were creating work within the context of that in a society where people have given you their secret yes. of them having an abortion, you know, then that is even yeah. it is timely. But how personal is that as well? It's. It was just kind of crazy, and, the, and the, I will say this, that uh, the more, you know, as many times as we touched each of those kind of wooden pages, it became meaningless, like the things that were on them as right. far as like any weight that they carried to the to the point that I was like, you know, uh, if there was something that we had more than one of, I was like, oh, hang on, let's take care of this other one right. while you have the abortion. Not like, oh, I've got three abortions, but let's right. turn them around. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> like, oh my God, how many of these do we have? You know, it right. became kind of tactical. And through that, we are both like, yeah. And it was so I interesting because there was like one abuse abuser. Yes. You know, and all that. But um, I mean, I'm, I am very lucky, I think is the right word, maybe not, that a lot of people tell me their secrets. Mm-hmm. I mean, they tell me their business. And I think- Partially because I used to be a therapist, so I I have a good right. reaction. Like I don't like, oh my god, you're disgusting, or you know anything right. like that. But they tell me their secrets, and basically, I just kind of forget their secrets. You yeah. know, I mean, it, I don't carry it around with to. them. 
And that's the one thing I think that people don't understand about secrets. Like once you let it out and give it to someone else, it loses so much of its power. Yes. Whereas when you, when you put it like in front of your face all the time, you can't see through it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that this is a very healthy, you have a very healthy piece of art. Very yeah. beautiful <laughs> piece of art. We're there when, so when you, and then Emily, I mean, I'm sorry, Elizabeth, I'm going to ask you in a second, but, um, Melissa, when you were there and you saw the the show and all the work in it, or when you're bringing your work, were there other pieces that you kind of responded to, or you felt that your work sort of responds to? Well, it's always interesting because I I always feel just lucky to be in the room, right? So I don't I don't know how to get around that. I'm 50 now. I don't think that'll ever happen, right? Um, but definitely the other piece that just spoke to me, and as somebody that has been a writer, um, was the um, Oh my gosh! And of course, I'm having a total moment. The sculptural piece that comes out from the wall—that's the band. Oh yeah. Oh yes, band, right? Rosemary Prince. Thank you. No, yes. no, not Rosemary Prince. Which I have that right piece? here. It's um by uh, Shelley Steckrial. Oh, band. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's the piece. Like in the minute I walked through into the space, my eye like immediately went to it, and it struck a chord just for me. Um, and I'm not sure a hundred percent. Why your book would be banned? It it's yeah. If anyone's going to ban a book, why. you're first. <laughs> it, it struck a chord with me as as somebody that has produced you know right. written work. Right, and another 100%. local. I think she's in. She's in, in St. Petersburg. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. So that's great. And uh, and dear listener, you can also see the picture of banned on the Art in Your Ear Facebook page. And if I can, I'll get everything up on the Art in Your Ear page on WMNF. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left. Um, so I just do want to broaden the conversation a little bit. Uh, there's been some workshops and other events associated with. Uh, this there's one one more workshop left. So we have two more workshops. Two more workshops. Yep, and we have two more workshops and a closing ceremony on July 30th. So you have you know plenty and, of time. And that's to a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So July 30th will be the end of the exhibition that will end with a closing ceremony with some of our artists in attendance. So there and the artist talk. So and an artist talk. talk. Yes. So and then so Karen Brown, Lauren Dykes, uh, Mary Greg. Greco, Greco, Andrea Huffman, uh, Klanga Janaki, Elizabeth Neely, Nelly, sorry, Neely, you got it, and uh, Polly Perkins and Rebecca Skelton will be uh, chatting at the absolutely, and the the curator will be present at that time as well. She has a workshop during the day on that day that will end with the artist panel with her moderator. Oh, that's so much fun. Really fun. And then, uh, and it was great, you know, I mean, that you've done a lot of stuff with this. What's coming up next at uh, Florida Craft Union? So our next exhibit is a very... Yes, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's ambitious, but it's all turning out very well. It's one of the first of its type I've seen. It's called the Artist Workbench, and we are actually going to have 45 days throughout the exhibit time, five days a week. We are going to have an artist there, Shelly Steccarelli, who mm-hmm. you just spoke of, will be there for five oh, days that's great. in the exhibit space creating artwork. Oh, that's no that's pressure. So the entire, yeah, I know. <laughs> during, during, the, um, during the exhibit, all of their artwork will be on display as an exhibition piece, so right. you will be able to enjoy all of that, but you can also come and watch the artist actually work in the space. Oh, well, that's fantastic. So that starts, the first one is August, starts August 19th and through the 22nd is Janet Kennedy uh, and then Nick Real. We've got all sorts of people uh, going on and I'll post that also, listeners, so you can find Thank that. You. What a great idea. Yes. How scary. It came from one of our, <laughs> yes, it came from, it was an idea from one of our supporters and it has 
been quite the process to execute right. and logistically, but the artists that we're working have, with have been so awesome and collaborating with us. And we've got it pretty much ironed out now. So <laughs> oh my God, I would just be like, I'm just sitting here in my pajamas with dog hair on them, like staring. Does right, that count yeah. as work? <laughs> exactly. You can come in and do that. Right, we welcome yeah. everyone. Come see and get educated about what fine craft art is. And that's our whole purpose as a nonprofit is to do that. So this will really kind of help the community. That's well, that's wonderful. Well, uh, Beyond Books is, Beyond Words is at Florida Craft through the 30th. Florida Craft is located right there on the corner of Fifth Street and Central Avenue in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. Um, if you want more information, you can give them a call at 727-821-7391 or go online to floridacraft.org. My guests have been Elizabeth Cooper and Melissa Fair. Thank you. Thanks thank you so much. Us, thank guys. you, thank you. And I'm gonna, Thanks, Tampa. I'm torturing. I'm going to torture. Oops. I'm going to torture Melissa. Sorry, <laughs> Melissa. You're going to get tortured. And I'm going to play one of the all-time hits on WMF, one of the favorite pieces we've ever had. Uh, and it is one of your... There we go. And it's one of your poems off the vital signs. Um, thanks for listening. You're listening to WMF Tampa. Be right back with you after this. Thank you. In the trailer parks of Florida. Streets named Queen Palm Court or Heavenly Lane. Single wide royalty look out over what used to be a playground for the rich. Now a dumping ground for the brokenhearted, the defeated, dragging hand me down dreams and borrowed suitcases. Deposited at exit ramp deltas off highways that went the low way. Highways that went south for the winter. Streets littered with neon no-tells like the Bel Air, the Tahitian Inn, the Mayflower. Luxury resorts from a different time for earlier pilgrims on convertible hi-fi FM journeys, martini afternoons, and wide open road moments. Now, shoeless children run on red carpet robes, paid black, paved over crushed seashells, everyone walking on the broken backs of anything smaller than them. What it takes to feel good here? Coconut suntan oil, cheap beer, screened-in porches, slow Sunday afternoons, a football game, and a black dog in the yard asleep in the sun. Here, guava turnovers mingle with buttermilk biscuits on breakfast tables, and dark-handed men shape soft dough into things families on vacation might eat. Authentic Cubans, authentic euros, authentic bologna sandwiches. It's okay, tourists can't taste despair. Thank you. 
penguins walk the edges of gulf or ocean, collecting the abandoned homes of dead sea creatures, to study and perfect how to leave this world something solid to remember them by, something more than shuffleboard, more than walkers and canes, something more than grandchildren who always want more, more. and bars have replaced galleries and all the artists are drunk and in debt and poets paint the air with slurred free speech meet in secret to avoid bumper sticker aficionados who all wonder as they drive what exactly would Jesus do Seagulls scour the parking lots of schools and coin laundries, squawking over discarded fries. A soundtrack for the parking lot anglers shouting about the space that got away. And the police shepherd the homeless, who are quite fortunate to be homeless in a state that freezes less than 20 nights a year. But it did snow there once, 74 or 75 in the front yard of a trailer on Black Dairy Road. Just a light dusting. Just enough for a small, curly-haired girl to make a knee-high snowman fast with leaves and dirt mixed in. She thought snow was good, but quick. She waited, but it never came again. Three directions, all roads lead to water, end at a pier, and the sunsets are picture perfect if you hold the camera high enough. And sometimes you can hear the voices of the ghosts of the young hopefuls who planted palm trees where trailer parks would grow. Support for WMNF comes from listeners like you and the 2022 Tampa Fringe, a festival running July 28th through August 7th in Ybor. 
It's a chance to binge on the performing arts. All shows are an hour or less with theater, burlesque, comedy, storytelling, opera, improv, kids' shows, and more. Info at tampafringe.org. Well, there's a bunch of stuff going on in town uh, that I want to let you know about. Maybe one of the important things for Pinellas artists is that the Emerging Artists Grant applications are open with Creative Pinellas. So the application deadline, if you're an emerging artist in Pinellas, the application deadline is September 6th. They are going to have a grant workshop on July 26th from 1 to 2 p.m. It's a live, a Facebook live workshop. So if you are interested in getting a, uh, applying for an emerging artist grant, from the, from Pinellas, from Creative Pinellas, then there is a workshop coming up, and I will post that. I promise, everywhere. Also, Free Fall Theater. Um, you know, Neil Simon is just a, such a staple of American theater, and I think he kind of got walked away from because he everyone knew him, um, and so people are starting to really examine what he did again, which deserves all that examination. So, Free Fall Theater is having a, a summer of Simon. They are, uh, let's see, our friend Matthew McGee is going to be hosting a um, a screening of the Goodbye Girl, and that is uh, next Tuesday. At, um, at the theater at Freefall. And then they are going to have Neil Simon's Rose and Walsh, his final masterpiece. Uh, that is going up. Uh, when does that go up? Um, that is July 29th through August 28th. And there is a, um, a sing, a music thing, a uh, sort of a cabaret, a Neil Simon cabaret, Freefall Sings, uh, and that is uh, on July 23rd. Is that the right date? Yeah, July 23rd. So Freefall Theater, if you're a Neil Simon fan, basically they have got your back. And then uh, the last thing, where's the other thing? I have one more thing I wanted to tell you. Oh, yeah, uh, there is this amazing show at the Carter Woodson Museum called Vivia. It's such a good show. And today is the last day that Vivia Barron's uh, work, The Right to Swim, is up at the museum. They're open from 12 to 5 today. So if you're in St. Pete, go see this exhibit. Well, I can't tell you to go see it. If you're in St. Pete and you can go by the museum, I would recommend that. I am going to do it on my way home today to see it because I want to see it again. Um, the, uh, The Woodson Museum, the Carter Woodson Museum is located, let me give you the right address. Again, they're open from 12 to 5. So let's get their address. It is at 2240 9th Avenue South in St. Pete, 33712. Such a good show. So that's some stuff going on around town, and I will post that on our Facebook page let you know about it. I do have two more pieces of, oh, two more pieces of music. I don't to play. I do have a bunch of more music. E-Love is coming up next with her wonderful Global Electronica show. Um, after E-Love then is the live music showcase, which is always fun. When I walked in today, there was a bunch of mics set up in the studio, like a bunch, six, seven mics set up in the studio, so that'll be fun. That show is followed by the Rhythm Revival, which is uh, Reverend Billy See Wirtz and uh, Marvelous Marvin dive into the roots of rock and roll and bring all sorts of surprises. It is truly a show you absolutely cannot predict what you're going to hear on. And then we get into our wonderful Friday nights to get the Soul Party with Steve the Hitman. And that happens from 6 to 8. The Soul Kitchen, which is this fantastic, tasty, tasty smorgasbord of rhythm-based music, black music, uh, all sorts of things, just all, not even just all sorts of rhythm-based music uh, with... 
uh, with the chef Eddie G and David. And then we end our night with Flashback Friday with Chuck Core Jr. And that is Florida Soul, Florida R&B, kind of body, kind of down low, kind of all the good stuff, good Friday night music. So stick with us here on WMNF. WMNF Tampa, WMNF 88.5 FM. We're going to get out of here uh, next week. I don't remember what we have next week. I can't remember. I'll think of it. I know I've got someone booked next week, but I'll be back next week with you. Please do listen on Thursday if you can from 3 to 6 p.m. Listen anyway, it doesn't matter, but I'll be filling in for Nancy C. next Thursday and I'll be doing a birthday show um, because I use any excuse to do what I want to do for my birthday. So that's what I'm going to do next week here on WMNF 88.5 FM, WMNF Tampa. We're going to listen. We're going to go out with a Julie London cover and I hope you have a wonderful week and please do take good care of yourselves all right everybody see you next week stay tuned for e-love after the npr news bye bye now Billie Eilish, I'm in the mood for love. Before that, we did hear Melissa Fair's uh, 